0: Welcome to Business Leaders Podcast. Today, our guest is Rick Murphy, who has owned Tech Knowledge since 2009. His company provides business solutions ranging from network security, deployments and management, systems backup and recovery, cloud solutions, voice over internet, network solutions, firewalls, as well as connected solutions. We're pleased to welcome Rick for the first time to the podcast. Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business in the thumbnail sketch. What do you do and who do you serve?
1: Well, thank you very much. What do I do? Who do we serve? Wow. Uh, we serve all sorts of different types of businesses, uh, everything from a small business all the way up to an enterprise. Uh, one of the nice things about uh, technology and the way it was founded is it founds all of its solutions in security first and then performance and accessibility second kind of different mentality than what most of our uh, other wonderful competitors out there are doing, but that's because times are definitely changing. So, the other nice thing about us is since we serve everything from a small to an enterprise business, we are literally technology agnostic when it comes to the different types of clients we deal with. We specifically go after almost every major industry so that we have the opportunity to find what's maybe working in an enterprise solution and bring that solution affordably down to the small and medium-sized markets. Okay, because I'm ignorant. Yep. What is an
0: enterprise solution?
1: So an enterprise solution um, would be like a very high-end um, CRM, okay. customer management relation software. Mm-hmm. Some people are probably familiar with things with like um, business contact manager, Act. You know some of those sure. little ones, right? Mm-hmm. But the big boys are things like Salesforce, NetSuite, Microsoft Dynamics. Well, what we do is we leverage those enterprise solutions and bring them to the masses so that you can operate at a level and compete equally with everybody in your own industry, regardless if you're the enterprise of your industry or you're that small mom and pop shop. Well, it sounds like it's a business enabler. Yeah, well, if your business succeeds, our business succeeds. Kind of makes sense to me. Not really a no-brainer. Well, super. So how did you get started? Um, I actually got started uh, Tech Knowledge when I was laid off from another MSP that was a national brand back in 2008. I was actually hired in that company to do nothing at all with managing network systems or anything. I was strictly hired as a salesperson. As I progressed in the company, I quickly ascended the ranks, got into engineering, and suddenly found myself as the senior engineer for 25 locations across the U.S. at the high point of that company. And every deployment and every setup ran through my desk first. Uh, So I've set up networks in places in this country I will never walk through their doors. (laughs) (laughs) So that was your trial by fire.
0: Yes. And so take us to that time where you're, you've got your career going, you've got all the locations, you've got all the stuff going on, and then
1: the job goes away. Yeah. Basically, uh, I got a phone call and the owner of the company at the time came to me and says, hey, we're kind of struggling as you know. Okay, fair enough. He goes, would you be willing to step in front of and the opportunity is what he actually called it. I call it a bullet looking back at it. But would you like to jump on the opportunity of a $40,000 bill to continue to run the franchise that you're running in the Colorado market? We'll convert this to a franchise for you. And you just have to come up with forty dollars a month for us. Well, I wouldn't have been so bad if the location I was Managing was doing 40 grand, but I was so busy helping the other 24 locations, none of those revenue streams would have been counted towards mine. So I was like, you know, I think I'm going to pass. So the next day, I get a call from one of the engineers because I was out doing a consulting. Hey, there's a U Haul truck here and they're loading everything up in the truck. I'm like, what? 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 You're kidding. <laughs> So <laughs> get back to the office, and there's my two senior managers are like, yeah, sorry, man, that Gene should have told you a little bit more clearly what was going to happen if you didn't choose that option to continue the franchise. I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I'm glad I didn't, because here I am now running my own entity, and uh, we've took some of the best things that they did and have definitely expanded on them.
0: And so basically, that was your training ground. Yep. That was the crucible that you went through. Yep. Many folks have that moment. Yep. And so a week or so after that moment when the drama was maybe a little less strident. Right. When did you decide to start technology?
1: Actually, I didn't s- decide to start technology until I probably about a month or so after that, we had a couple small little clients. Um, And when I say small, you know, none of them were more than 25, you know, employees in their business. Mm -hmm. Um, So they needed still some basic IT support and didn't know what was going to happen. And they were planning to go shop for another vendor. And I'm thinking, yeah, sure, I'll kind of help you. And it kind of dawned on me, where am I going to go get my next paycheck from, right? So they kind of said, well, if can we just pay you and just take care of it? Okay, sure. Until I find a job, great. So I kind of did what most in-house IT guys end up going through Mm -hmm. when they go through a job change, right? You're a senior IT guy, you get laid off, you do some small ma and pa shops until you find a new IT job, and then you just forget about the ma and pa shops, right? Uh, Back in that timeline, that was a pretty common conversation to have with a small business. So I decided- What year was that? Uh, That'd be right around 2008, 2009. Okay. So I decided... Timing was perfect. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you. (laughs) It was an interesting time in the marketplace. (laughs) So I decided, you know what? Maybe I I can do this. Maybe I can do this on my own. So I started going to town and working on it and sat down and grabbed an EIN real fast for 25 bucks at the time. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I'll service these four people. They're paying me just enough to get my bills you know, covered. I'm skinning by the teeth, if you will. But hey, I'm not unemployed, right? So uh, after that, I just started progressing and growing and started, of course, like, you know, some of the other great IT guys in the industry in the basement, you know, wasn't in the garage. I liked my heated house and, you know, comfort. So there was one (laughs) of you. Just one of me, at and first. you have how many folks now? Uh, we're up to twelve right now, uh-huh. and then we've got about five salespeople um, that are all recently been hired. So,
0: so growth curve.
1: Yeah, right now actually we're going through a big one.
0: You know, from when you first started the company, mm-hmm. you could look in the mirror, yeah. and that's the guy that got it done or didn't get it done. Right. Versus now where you have Salesforce and employees and so on. Talk a little bit about the transition for you from going from the doer, to the company president?
1: It'd almost be like growing up twice. It's the best way I can put that. My uh, comment back around the early time when I started the company is I would tell my clients, you know, look it, if any of my guys can't figure it out, the bus stops here. I'll get it done. That's what I do, right? Right. Well, there's only one of me I learned out really fast. And that statement, while very strong, can only be upheld by the physicality of my ability to be in multiple places at one time. Mm -hmm. Not so well. So now I've really transitioned into more of a teacher's role and more of a compassion for my staff and to help them learn, grow, and change Mm -hmm. and really align myself with where they are passionate that then aligns appropriately with the clients that we serve. Um, we go through a pretty scrutinizing hiring process. Um, the average interview for us is about three to four hours. Okay. Um, and that's the first interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the big reason why is because it's urgency, the sense of urgency. The other flip side of my coin is I came from the restaurant hospitality industry and everything was all about having a sense of urgency when you're working. That was drilled into me. So now being on still service, just doing IT, Engineers do not generally work with a sense of urgency. They are generally like, okay, well, we're getting there, right? Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. smart guys, don't get me wrong, and they're thinking about a million different scenarios of this one decision and what it'll, you know, create. Sure. sure. But at the end of the day, as the business owner, as the customer, you don't really care about that. You need that sense of urgency and somebody who is self competent enough to execute. You know, in, in thinking as as you've gone
0: from one business enterprise, basically started over again, now built a, a whole nother organization in seven years with what sounds like extraordinary growth. Yeah. How
1: do you see the next five or 10 years? So we actually have positioned the company where we're finalizing the term that we like to call business in a box. And what I mean by that is, is we have literally decided to go into the industry and create a standard measurable line of service for everyone else to be able to measure off of. Right now, if you take your car to any mechanic, they're gonna pull out a book and they're gonna say, it takes this much time to per- process mm-hmm. you know, your transmission, engine, whatever it is. If you took your uh, computer in with a virus and you put three IT guys in front of it, one, you will not get a consistent time range and you'll probably get three different answers. And I'm not saying that they're all right or they're all wrong. What I am saying is, is, there's such a magnitude of players in the industry with all different types of solutions, there's nothing really to measure it off of. Mm-hmm. So one of the focuses with technology is to say, look it, I know there's all these different phone devices out there. I know there's all these different computers and operating systems. But if you line these ones up here, we can calculate and measure and also scale and decrease Whatever solution you're looking for consistently for a monthly budget based on your organization. Predictability. Exactly. Yeah, and standardization. Yep. And yeah. the best part is, is we've ground our vendors quite into the ground, not only on price, but also making sure they uphold what we want for our clients. Sure. No hassle warranties. You break something that we service we just call the vendor and get another new one. No questions asked. We don't have time for that. You
0: know, before I get too far further with another question, yeah. you know, and and talking about the solutions that you provide in your journey. So if someone was listening and they wanted to reach out to you
1: and they've got a problem or they're looking for a solution, how do they find you? Probably the easiest way to really get a hold of me would be to um, call the main office itself um, and or probably shoot me an email. Mm-hmm. Um while I do a lot of fun stuff, a little bit on Facebook and a little bit on LinkedIn, I actually have a whole marketing department that does that, so it doesn't really get to me per mm-hmm. se. But at the end of the day, um, that's my best ways of communication okay. and right So
0: now. what's what's the email or social media yeah. contact or phone number?
1: So the phone number would be uh, 719-433-7722. And then uh, in there, you can choose option one or two, and that will get you to the appropriate scheduling department. Um, for the email, somebody just wants to shoot an email to rick, R-I-C-K, at tech And that's going to be T-E-C-H, the word now, N-O-W, and then ledge, L-E-D-G-E, dot com.
0: Super. Well, we want to make sure they can find you. Right. That's a good thing. <laughs> All right. You know, and when you come into a business and they say, we have this laundry list or wish list, you know, if, if you look at a typical business, Monero, there are top one or two things that you can bring to the table that really affect their bottom line, what would you say those one or two things might be?
1: So when I first talk with a company, um, I'll usually take the laundry list and acknowledge it. But my generally my next follow-up question is, is tell me about your dream and your vision. And kind of like what we're sitting here today, why would you get involved? Why do you do what you do? When I understand that, it gives us a magnitude of wealth of knowledge on appropriate solutions to recommend. So at that point, once we've found that information out, it's usually right now in the marketplace consolidation. A lot of companies have this vendor hosting this services. This is their voice guy. This is their IT guy. This is their printer guy. This is their internet service broker guy, right? And they're all trying to give advice to maybe an IT director. The problem there is, While every single one of their solutions might be awesome and cutting edge and work well, and they all say on the paper that they all collaborate together, there's never really been that research and development done for it. And that's where we come in. So when we do the correct research and development, and we test all of these founded solutions and security and integration, way easier for me to turn around and say, this is what you can expect. In addition to that, By doing those, we save the average client anywhere between 20 to 50% off of what their current monthly spend is. Well,
0: you know, I think about in business valuation, and for a lot of the business owners, you go, well, if I can save that part of my budget and it flows to the bottom line, then you think about, well, on the bottom line side, what's the value of your business increase? You know, and so it's not just the single, you know, the, the dollars and cents, but it does have a value there. Right. So looking back over time, and in, as, as the business owner, and you're growing the business, take us back to that time or the story, your, your worst entrepreneurial moment as, as a business owner for technology.
1: I think it was the moment when um, a client of mine had bounced a check right before it was the first of the month. And uh, so it took our count into the negative because I've started this company as a 100% cash operated company. Uh, So no major investment other than good old sweat equity, like my father would call it, elbow grease. Um, So at the end of the day, that was probably one of the most enlightening moments for me, having to have the conversations I never expected to have in my life with some of my own personal collectors, right? But it was also probably one of the most best experience I went through because it helped me to really focus on not only money management, but also client management. And they really do go hand in hand if you're a business owner. And especially if you're running a cash only business. <laughs> you know, I, I I would
0: imagine that for anybody that's been in a business for any length of time, you know, there's that issue. Oh, yeah. And you kind of go, huh, wonder what my line of credit should be. Right. You know, and I don't think I want to do that again. Yeah. You know, and there's always this story of, what is it, FedEx? When the guy was starting, he went to Vegas and gambled to make enough money to make payroll. Yep. Don't think I'd want to recommend that as a business alternative.
1: Nope. No. Yeah, my solution was uh, go kick in some more doors and tell more people I can fix their stuff better than anyone else they have in you have to have been doing that yesterday work harder. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Work harder. I <laughs> know what that's like.
0: So for you, you know, as, as you've gone through the journey of the starts, the changes and the growth of the business, if there was a an aha moment back in your journey that sticks out in your mind, you know, it's like, that was a piece of wisdom or knowledge that has changed how I see or do my business. Was there a moment like that for you?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, in my industry it's changing all the time so you have to be really passionate about learning ironically that was nothing i wanted anything to do with in high school and younger as a kid growing up backstory a little bit my whole father's side of the family is filled with teachers that were all the way from superintendents down to elementary school teachers so it's kind of ironic now that i'm very passionate about teaching as i've gotten older um, But that was really the aha moment is when I started getting all my certs and started to continue my education and going to seminars. And it's really easy as a business owner to be sucked into the daily whirlwind. You know, we say at our office all the time, emergency will trump or will trump importance every time, hands down, right? So fire, 911, go take care of it. So for me to force myself to come out of that whirlwind and constantly re quest and desire and yearn for ongoing education, not just in the IT world, but as a business owner, as a manager, as a leader, right? As a husband, as a father, all those things. That's really been where I've seen now my business and my relationships are spiking dramatically and on a very fast pace.
0: In the tech space and pretty much anywhere else, if you're not a lifelong learner, I mean, you're going to get run over. Yep. At least that—that's been my observation. You kind of you hear about people losing their job to a technology, and you go, "Well, it just didn't jump out of the bushes at you. Nope. It's been coming."
1: Yeah, it's like the kiosks with all the McDonald's and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's a lot less money. You know, there's a lot of people that are upset with that, and I understand what they're saying. But at the other side of that coin, I'm looking at it as an opportunity, as I want to build a company that has a national presence where McDonald's is hiring our engineers to take care of those kiosks, and I'm here to tell you those employees will be a lot happier because I don't pay minimum wage. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, that's kind of the evolution, I think, in,
1: in, in a thought process.
0: And some folks get there willingly and some folks are forced there. Yep. You know, so you know, along the journey and the education, what's the best advice you think you ever received?
1: To always ask myself whether I'm having a great day or whether I'm having a bad day. What right now in this moment is your willingness to learn, grow, and change. And if it's not 100%, you're not 100% convicted and present in whatever it is you're dealing with. And that's not fair not only to you but anybody else that's involved. And since I come from a very high moral standard family, then the best advice I've received because then I just hear my father and grandparents, you know, you know better than that. Knock it off. <laughs> you know, it's,
0: it's, it is interesting, I think, you know, the cliches that you hear as a kid growing up and many of them repeated by your parents and they're well-worn yeah you know and and you know nose to the grindstone and you know, and I remember work hard, and you know I think the the corollary to that is work smart, yep, you're right, you know because you can work really hard and not work smart, yep, and it doesn't get you very far you know as as we go through and and talk about your business and so on, it's you know it's obvious that you're enthused and passionate about the solutions you bring with the tools that you have yeah. um what are some of the things that ha in your business and that you're seeing have got you most excited? Nowadays,
1: it's really this whole uncovering the smoke and mirrors of what cloud is versus having on premise devices and leveraging those technologies so that it's a seamless interaction with your staff, whether they're physically in your office, they're out in the field, or whether your clients are physically in your area of influence or if they're on the other side of the world.
0: For some of the folks that are going to be listening to this, you know, we've heard the cloud. And, of course, that's an unfortunate visual metaphor. You yeah. kind of go and you, all, you, you find people looking up. And the reality is your definition of a cloud for the layperson.
1: Right. The definition of, of the cloud for the layperson really is you had a server that was probably in your office at some point. And the IT guy showed up at your office to fix it. Well, now he's going somewhere else but doing the same work. So it's just you've got an off-site server. Or server farm. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, it, it is funny. I can remember when that first came out, you go, it's on the cloud. Interesting. How do you get there? You know, and yep. how do you get it back? So, you know, with that going on, when you first started out, you, you went out as an employee. Yep. And, you know, during those days, what do you think was the chief thing that, that held you back from being an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I think it would be what most people would say, which would be that s- false sense of security um that you're gonna get a paycheck because 2008 was a total wake-up call for me you know i had this impression that the last 15 days i worked and so on and so forth i was getting paid and to get told that no we we're totally tapped out you know wow okay so who's really in control was my question but that was the main reason why I wouldn't have left in the first place. If they had kept paying me and I kept moving up in the ranks, I would have been a good little W 2 and kept doing what I was doing.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it, it you know, you hear of so many business stories and you kind of get kicked out the door. You know, and and some folks will take and, and go down the entrepreneurial route and run a business, and, you know, and they're always you hear the story, I want to own my own business. And they go, You have no idea what you're asking for. Yep. You know,
1: that and, is so true.
0: You know, for you, if you were to inventory your skill sets and you go, what's the one or two habits that I have that have been most instrumental in my success? What do you think those would be?
1: I would say it's my uh, critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I love solving problems. Um, I'm a fixer sometimes it drives my whites nuts because we have an argument of something like any good couple and as soon as we're done I'm like okay so what here's here's the plan honey mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna do right I'm sorry but here's the plan yeah and she's like I need a minute you know you can't sure. just solve everything but that sense of urgency and that critical thinking I think is what's really delivered that awesome service that people want to deal with our company want to deal with me um, my biggest hurdle has been the flip side of that coin getting clients and teaching my staff to work with that same level of conviction and sense of urgency so that it's not always, hey, we want Rick, right? You know, as, as you say that,
0: and, you know, other folks may be listening to the podcast that are struggling with trying to take and transmit the work ethic and discipline and approach that you have, how are you trying or what methods are you using to spread that throughout your organization?
1: I'm really glad you actually asked that question. Um, so, and, and the reason I say that is, is I've been listening to a, a lot of audiobooks. Um, if if you do any amount of driving, I certainly do. I've got at least thirty minutes each each day one way. Um, so I, I canceled Sirius. I canceled all the music stuff, and I just went straight to audiobooks for educational. I've learned so much on the drive home that I find myself even in the garage for an extra fifteen mm-hmm. minutes listening to what they have to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've really learned in all of that. Um, so I started putting measurable areas for all my staff. So think of it like this. We're all business owners. We get super excited, right? I'm kind of a shiny guy sometimes. See a shiny thing. Ooh, I got to have it, replicate it, sell it. Let's make all the dough, right? I'm in IT, so there's a lot of shiny things to chase. But what I wasn't doing is I wasn't giving my staff for a long time the ability to calculate where we are as an organization, it was almost like they were bowling through a curtain. They could hear the pins falling over, right? They, could, they, they believed it was a good, was it a strike or a spare? We really don't know, but we know we got more than one pin because it sounded like at least four or five. But they never really knew. So what was their incentive to get up and do it again, right? Not so much. So I've been putting in things where we're measuring where we're at each month as a company, not only financially, but also clients. Letting and having those conversations with my staff, What makes these clients that we have the great clients? And what makes these clients the ones we don't enjoy as much, right? And giving those types of uh, conversations a little more meat with the uh, staff themselves. The awesome thing is, is when you start empowering your staff appropriately, and that is the key word here because you don't want to give up the keys of the castle to them. But when you start empowering them appropriately with certain areas that they can then And it's not always about getting a paycheck. It's sometimes just that recognition. You know, we have geek of the week in our office. So we really try to culminate that atmosphere. Okay, why is this person the geek of the week? Well, because they did all this awesome stuff for this client. So now I'm not necessarily throwing more resources at my staff as far as, you know, money and benefits, but I'm giving them awesome recognition and the ability to measure those things, right? So now when they say, oh, well, we need to be at, $50,000 a month for our new target every month. Okay, how do we get there? And where were we last month? Well, if they don't know, like they're bowling through a curtain, how are they going to improve their own skills to take stuff off your own workload?
0: So you're pretty open with your employees as far as your revenue targets and revenue achievement. Yep. You know, in in thinking about some of the folks that are going to be listening and to go, you know, what, what audio books really, do you remember that word instrumental or, or stick in your mind? Do you have some thoughts on the audiobooks?
1: Yeah. Uh, the one that I'm listening to yet again, is, uh, he's got two books, is the Peter Voog, Six Months to Six Figure and the Millionaire Blueprint, I believe is what the second one is mm-hmm. called. Mm-hmm. Um, those two in particular, they reference a lot of great books. Um, so, you know, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. um, couple of of other great books. But at the end of the day, what Peter really did is he took only what he himself personally experienced and could make applicable and put it into his books. Why? it's almost like a roadmap, and if you look at some of the reviews on Amazon, you'll see that, it's the precise accuracy of the roadmap that makes it so important so that when you go to, let's say, if you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or the, you know, Financial Four Quadrants, if you do those first and then listen to Peter's book, it's like, oh, wow, it makes so much more sense. I kind of want to go read the book again. But if you listen to Peter's book first, you'll understand halfway through the book why Peter is talking about what he's doing. And now it becomes an actionable learning process rather than a, I have to figure it out learning process. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know, and I, and I think about um, going out to
0: get the tools, you know, whether it's a podcast or an audio book, you know, what are you doing to fill your mind? You know, you know what, what crossed my mind as you're talking is go one. What does your daily ritual look like? Mm-hmm. And then, two, do you have a morning routine that you
1: use? Oh, you have starting? to. That's your prize fighter routine, man. No good athlete, no matter what they did, got up in the morning and had a different routine every day. That's just insane. You'll never accomplish anything. So, yes, I definitely have a routine. Uh, a matter of fact, as far as advice, um, I'm a very holistic person, so I won't go into that too much. Mm -hmm. But from a personal experience of not being one and going to that side, if there's one thing I would strongly recommend everybody do, get up in the morning. And before you do anything, get a couple drops of lemon water or a lemon and put it in eight ounces of water. And drink two of those if you can, every morning before you do anything. The energy, the amount of great things that come into the body from turning in it from a, uh, into an alkaline-based um, environment rather than a non-alkaline-based mm-hmm. environment makes all sorts of problems go away. It's pretty phenomenal. So is meditation, a lot of guys meditate. Are you much
0: into the meditation space?
1: Uh, much more so now. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. Now, um, I didn't realize I was meditating until a little later on, but I was meditating because I'm a very multiplex thinker. It used to be when I would be listening to music. You know, I mm-hmm. it would be programming my subconscious consciousness. And that's why I've switched to audiobooks, which has just made a world of a difference. But I found my meditation was really during my drive almost. Yes. Um, which I think a lot of people subconsciously do that. Now I meditate intently. So I actually have a 15 to 30 minute period in the morning right after I do my water ritual and I kind of get ready for the day and I sit down and I do some meditation at that point, depending on how long that takes, I then move into looking at what's going on for the day and strategizing. Okay. What hurdles have come in, what information's come in over the evening that I'm not aware of as of the close of business, the previous day, and then work with an intent. And I 80, 20, everything, man.
0: You know, for the folks that may not know what 80-20 everything means,
1: what does 80-20 mean to you? Um, so if you look at your day and you chopped it up to a, a 100%, 80% of what you're going to do that day is not going to put any bottom-line revenue in your pocket or move your company forward. Now, it might stop the whirlwind from whistling and bothering you. I'm not saying that's, that won't happen, but it's not moving you forward. of your efforts that are intentional in those areas is what moves you forward and always gets you another paycheck. Yeah, that's
0: the Pareto principle. Yep, you got it. Yeah, it seems to be somewhat consistent. You know, so, you know, we've talked about your habits and your drive and your journey, you know, and, and, you know, I think for many that are listening, uh, it's very clear that you're motivated and excited about what you're doing.
1: It's a lot of fun.
0: You know, best thing ever happened to you. Oh, yeah. was 2008 in retrospect. Yep. And it usually is in retrospect. (laughs) Nevertheless. So, you know, in, in, in going through this, we've talked about many things. Um, if you had a parting piece of guidance for somebody listening, that's either thinking about starting a business or, or they just had, uh, their job situation change like you, what advice
1: would you offer? I would, give them the same advice of what you asked earlier my best advice which would be what's your willingness to learn grow and change you know everybody's circumstance and your passion about life and everything is different and that's what makes us all awesome as individuals but it's challenging yourself to go outside of that comfort zone go outside of that routine and if you can do that there is no reason you can't be successful regardless of what business you want to be in well rick i appreciate you taking the time
0: thank you be on the show and appreciate you sharing the wisdom in your journey. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. You bet, Rick.